Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Big 12 basketball is thoroughly entertaining. On a night where we just had two games, we had two upsets in the Big 12. One was a ranking upset. TCU was the betting favorite over Oklahoma. But hello, Johnny Dawkins, and hello, UCF Knights to the Big 12 Conference. Their first home game in the league, they score a win over the bluest of the Blue Bloods. The Kansas Jayhawks go to Orlando and come up empty in a back-and-forth game. I am Josh Neighbors. This is the Big 12 Watch. Crystal Ball College Football is the channel. 365 Sports, the big old parent company, if you will. You all can find this show wherever you guys get your podcast. You can also find us on YouTube as well. If you come to us watching on YouTube, please like the video, please subscribe to the channel, and please leave your comments. Also, you guys can find me. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore on the X. You guys can also find me at NWPod365. That's where we have our Big 12 best bets. And guys, those best bets in the Big 12 have been very good so far this year in football, 54%, which is a winning number in terms of betting. And then for basketball, we are 6-2-1 and one right now already on the season. So a good start to the year betting-wise. Folks, I mean, we had a great, a great Tuesday night of Big 12 basketball action. Iowa State scoring the upset. A top uh, 20 game between Baylor and BYU. We had Texas going on the road against Cincinnati and getting a win. And then on uh, Wednesday night, we have UCF downing Kansas at home and TCU picking up a big top 10 victory against Oklahoma. Let's start with the obvious one, the Kansas Jayhawks. And look, this is one of those deals right now. Where we're at the point of the season where a lot of teams are still finding their footing on the road in these tough environments, right? We had number one Purdue go down against uh, Nebraska on the road. We had number two Iowa State, go, or excuse me, number two Houston go down against Iowa State on the road. We had number three Kansas lose at UCF. We had number five Tennessee last night lose. Uh, it was handily at times and then ended up being close in the end at Mississippi State. We also had a pretty good challenge by Xavier against number, I mean, we're five points away in that Xavier-UConn game from all top five teams losing to all unranked opponents all on the road this week. So I'm, I would be shocked if UConn's not the new number one team in the country if, they, if they're able to win on Saturday, right? So you're seeing all of this. So UCF, like in terms of the Big 12 guys, we talk about Big 12 basketball, and you think about what it means for UCF to join the Big 12. Well, when it comes to football, I think a lot of folks think that UCF is the team that has the biggest advantage when it comes to, hey, a new school coming in the league. What's the location? What does it mean to be in the Big 12, right? You've got Gus Malzahn, who's a proven coach. You've got a uh, a state that's ripe with talent. You've got a team that's you know already a nice state that's going to be playing games in Texas, another good recruiting bed. And also, you've got a large alumni fan base 
that is young right now, but going to get older. And as you get older, you just get a bit more, you accumulate more wealth, right? So that's just kind of the nature of, of how things work in life. And you put all of that together, it makes a lot of sense. But the one area where you would argue, hey, they're deficient compared to you know, BYU, Mark Pope. They've, they've been a, a decent program for a long time. Cincinnati is a historically, that's a basketball area, right? You know, uh, Crosstown Shootout, Xavier, Cincinnati, like those have been, Cincinnati's been a really strong basketball program dating back to their Big East days. So we know that they have a, a, a basketball uh, history there as well. Houston, uh, I mean, do we need to talk about Houston's past and current credentials when it comes to college hoops? No, we don't. UCF's the outlier, right? The one UCF year we all remember was the year they had Taco Fall and uh, Johnny Dawkins' son. They should have beaten Zion Williamson's Duke team. They did not. But this has not been a program that has had a ton of success. Um, you know, it's just it's it's a it's a basketball. Uh, you know, it's it's a football place, right? And, and I'll say this, guys: Dawkins has been a very good coach there. You know, he's got a hundred and forty-one and 91 record. He, he is a 61% winning percentage and they're above 500 in conference play. Okay. This is not a program that like that really they super care a lot. Like I think they're just kind of in the spot they want to be now in the big 12, you know, that kind of, that kind of uh, ups the stakes a bit, but for them this year, you know, they've had losses to Miami, which is not that bad of a loss. Miami's gotten worse though. Uh, Stetson loss. That was a bad loss. Old miss by two is not that bad. And the Kansas state loss too is then their, but for them, this was a big win because they don't have any good wins on their resume right now. This does not make them a tournament team, but this is kind of what Big 12 teams do. And look, this is the brutal stretch that K-State has. Imagine this. This is their first five games of the Big 12. At K-State, Kansas at home, BYU at home, at Texas, at Houston. I mean, welcome to the Big 12 conference. And so they did what teams have to do. They, they held serve at home. Uh, UCF was in danger of basically slipping into obscurity in this league. Now they've shown us what they are capable of. And I will say this. It was one of those games where, once again, like you're seeing this right now. The key is against these really good teams, hot start, weather the comeback, and then make sure you can trade blows. But you need that hot start. If you're playing from behind at home, it oftentimes be very difficult. So the hot start was a big key for UCF, but they got down 15. It was their defense that helped them fight back in this game. And look, their field goal defense was not great, but they forced 18 turnovers in this game. They're able to convert those the other way. You know, the numbers say, hey, Kansas should have won this contest, but those turnovers were obviously a big factor. Uh, and also too, Hunter Dickinson plays 28 minutes. Uh, you know, he was 12 points in this game. But he was in foul trouble. And, uh, you know, I know that also uh, Jackson had three fouls as well for Kansas. And, um, yeah, I mean, Dewan Harris was not good enough in this game, I, I thought, either. But, yeah, they were able to kind of stem that tide. And their defense is what ultimately won them this game. Really impressed by Jalen Sellers. I thought he was the big star. This is one of those guys you see us across college basketball. Do stars translate from league to league? And we'll see with Jalen Sellers. You know, he's only played two games in the Big 12, and the last one did not go very well. But this is a guy who's not afraid to shoot. We know that. We've seen that from him so far this year. The three-point shot for him has really struggled, but he's a very good athlete. Last night was one of his better three-point shooting games. And so you're seeing now, even 
even with these new teams coming in, we'll see what the grind, what that does to them. But even with new teams coming in, they're ready. And their home court situation was ready. It was a raucous environment in Orlando. Absolutely raucous environment. And that was a fantastic win. A lot of fun. Does it mean anything moving forward? I don't know. I've got some questions about you know this, this UCF team as a whole. But obviously a massive victory for the Knights to rack up. TCU 80, Oklahoma 71. All right, so this was a game that you thought TCU basically had to have, right? Top 10 team coming to town. You've got a good resume or a good record, excuse me. But in terms of the resume, what are the good wins that, that TCU has? If you go to the net ratings, and I know it's early on in the season, but you go to the net ratings and you look at, and this is the great thing about the Big 12, you get so many opportunities. TCU in the net is 36th. Quadrant one games, though, they're one and three. They're 11 and 0 in quad three and quad four, but they were 0 and three up until last night. So Oklahoma coming to town for them was a huge quadrant one opportunity. We saw them, excuse me, we saw them press Kansas on the road previous to this. But this game was one of those where, hey, you know what's coming to town. You know exactly what you're about to get. And it's important that you make good on this opportunity. And a guy that has been around forever, a guy that is now becoming a star, is Emmanuel Miller. And year now number, this is his fifth year in college basketball. But we've seen him, you know, at AM as last year was, was pretty good as the injury. And then at TCU, been a complimentary piece at times. Now he is fully the guy. And this is a guy that is shooting 51% from the floor, 37 from three, and 85 from the line. That's so I mean, that's a fantastic, efficient number, uh, you know, numbers to have. And last night, another example: 27 and nine. This is a guy that is a bona fide star in this league. And you know, anytime you get an effort from Chuck O'Bannon chipping in, Chuck O'Bannon's been around forever. Uh, Jameer Nelson Jr. comes in and gives them 13 off the bench. Just an all-around good effort, I thought, from TCU. And look, it's a close, you know, close game most of the way. But uh, I thought TCU and Jamie Dixon got a big win that they absolutely had to have. Still think Oklahoma is a very solid team, a lot better than they were last year. But uh, this was a win that TCU felt like they needed to grip to get to grab, and they did. So obviously, they're once again ranking upset, but betting-wise, not an upset and not too surprised about the result. Which means, hey. We look forward to Saturday now, and I'll get into more of that here. Uh, we'll do something on Friday's show, but Oklahoma and Kansas, top 10 matchup, Allen Fieldhouse, 1 o'clock, and they're putting a lot of these games on ESPN+. Plus. 3 o'clock ESPN+, Plus. BYU has to go to Addition uh, Financial Arena in the, the AFA, as they call it, um, in at UCF, Texas Tech and K-State. A battle between two 2-0 Big 12 teams. TCU gets a crack at Houston at five o'clock on ESPN. How good will that game be? West Virginia hosting Texas for the last time as big 12 members, Iowa state and Oklahoma state and Cincinnati and Baylor. So you look at this schedule, it's just ripe with great games. that are going to happen going on this weekend in the big 12 conference fired up for that as well. And we'll have those picks coming up uh, tomorrow. All right. The next thing we have to get to is Nick Saban leaving college football now, which is obviously uh, a top story in all of this. And the one thing I had mentioned the other day was the NFL coaching ranks 
starting to cause some ripple down effects into the college ranks. And Michigan with Harbaugh was a potential for this to happen. We, we had the potential for this to happen uh, at other jobs after that happened, right? Matt Campbell had been discussed for the Lions in the past. Well, folks, now we've got college that could affect this too. Michigan, obvious one, but Alabama. And as of right now, 11, 18 a.m. Central Time on uh, Thursday, January 11th, the word is, I thought Dan Lanning was kind of the number one guy. It sounds like he's probably staying at Oregon. Steve Sarkeesian, to me, is the one that I would look at. Greg McElroy this morning said that, hey, uh, Kiffin's out. And according to On3, 17 minutes ago, Dan Lanning announces that he is remaining in Oregon. He's going to get a big raise. This will obviously be a huge uh, you know, a huge thing. And, and Dan Lanning tweeted something out. Uh, he's staying there. Guys, I think Steve Sarkeesian is a pretty obvious selection here for a couple reasons. Number one is this. Um, I think Sark is the right call because he is a, he's, he, you know, rehabbed under Saban, his career image. He recruited in a way that you want to recruit the SEC, right? We saw that neutral field this year, neutral field, on the road this year at Alabama, Sark's Texas team gets the job done, and they did it in part to how good they were up front. Great play caller, gets good skill players, but he knew he had to build out the lines, both offensive and defensive, and did that. So, and the reason why I'm saying this, we're a Big 12 show here, is, guys, if Sark leaves, this is going to be a Big 12 conversation because there are some candidates. I mean, I think Joey McGuire would be somebody that they probably don't want to text us, but like they, they should consider that. I, in my opinion, I believe right. Um, Jeff trailer, who I think we've talked about in big 12 circles forever would get some consideration for that job. You know, I, I'm not sure. They probably don't want to go program building route. They want to probably want to get somebody who's a big splash, good recruiter as well. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering who Texas will go with, but obviously you have to consider, Big 12, Sonny Dykes could be a candidate. I know they were down this year, but had that massive success. You know, so I think we have to look at who would be considered and could it end up being uh, a Big 12 coach who gets considered for the Texas job. So the, the round two, I mean, with all of this, the coaching carousel went down, but round two, folks, round two, is, it's coming. It's on the way. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us uh, wherever you all get your podcast on Twitter, uh, X. Uh, at Josh Neighbors underscore at NWPod365. You guys can find me wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Uh, like the video, sub to the channel, all of those things. And uh, yeah, we'll talk at you on Friday.